0: This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, and you're going to be listening to an interview now with Richard Simmons, Men for Nations. This was actually recorded in 2010, and Richard now is with the Lord. But the information is most relevant. Listen carefully. Let's begin. Welcome to the program, Warning. I have a very special program today. In a moment, I'll introduce my guest. But, January 11, 2010, I flew to Washington, D.C. I was going to be praying six to eight hours a day with seven other ministers, meeting with Dick Simmons, founder of Men for Nations. The purpose of the mission trip was to intercede on behalf of the nation and to pray that America will not fall under tyranny as it has been moving toward socialism or worse. We pray again six to eight hours a day, in intense spiritual intercession as well as a spirit of prayer that entire trip. Out from the location where we were praying, at Dick Simmons' office, we could see the Capitol building. During that trip, God gave me a vision of an octopus over the Capitol building, reaching again, where its tentacles going into the House of Representatives, the Senate, the White House, the Supreme Court. The purpose of today's program is not to go into the definition of what each one of those spirits were with the octopus and naming the strong man that was in charge, the demonic force that was influencing the different branches of government. But the purpose of this program today is to show you what is needed if America is not going to fall. You heard me correctly, if America is not going to fall. You know this warning program as leaders different branches of government different nations as well as different leaders in the church bishops pastors we must do what we can leadership is responsible for the condition of a nation both politically as well as the watchman church leadership we know that from Romans 13:1 through 7 all power is under god it's delegated authority and civil government supposed to be a terror to evil. Civil government is not supposed to become evil. They're not supposed to turn into the beast or the spirit of the beast or a type of antichrist. And if they do, church government, watchmen, are supposed to sound the alarm, expose, rebuke, correct, and use their influence to vote them out of office and put godly leadership back in. So the nation can be spared and righteousness can prevail. That's what made America the greatest nation on earth. Watchmen. Nehemiah fell on his face, tore his garments. The walls have fallen, the gates are burned because the watchmen, church authority, have failed and the enemy has taken over the nation. You tell me, where were the watchmen? If the watchmen had done their job, Obama wouldn't be president today. You know, on this program, the word God gave me for America from 98 to 2008, I'm going to read a paragraph. If you want to read the entire prophecy, look at my website, www.worldministries.org. On the front page, on the bottom half, you see a running newspaper. But on the top half, you see different buttons. Click on prophecies. you see every continent will appear. Click on North America. The countries in North America will appear. Click on the American flag. You can read the prophecy in its entirety. I will read only a paragraph. America, America, awake out of your slumber. I will shake you. I'll shake you with a shake that has never shaken you before. You flaunted yourselves above the world. You flaunted yourselves above your neighbor and your neighbors. Brother against brother, kingdom against kingdom, people against people, Christian against Christian in your ungodly attempt to self-glorify yourselves. Both in the church and throughout America, your leaders religiously, politically, and economically are vain, corrupt, and amoral. You are fast losing the salt, the purity that has held you together, that has made you great, if not the greatest of all nations. But I will bring you down like the wind brings down the tree, so I will bring you down. Now you must look on my website again, www.worldministries.org, and read this prophecy in its entirety. But let me just read you the bullet points. We did put these on the Seattle Times, we've put it on radio, we put it on television, we put it on shortwave, we put it in newsletters. Stock market collapse. Now, again, note, 98 through 2008. Now, this prophecy was given to me December 24th, 1995. But I've been giving it in mass since 1998. Stock market collapse. Again, 98 through 2008. Here's a period of mercy and grace. If America would repent, change the ways this repentance, turn back to God, they could avoid all of this from happening. When did our stock market start collapsing? At the end of 2008 stock market collapse, nuclear attack, again naming the cities, social security collapse, natural disasters, tornadoes, tidal waves, the sea dying, 20-pound hailstones, water poisoning, food shortages, red tides, powerful Northwest earthquake, which has already happened. The 520 Bridge will collapse. This is a one-mile floating bridge across Lake Washington, and it goes from Seattle to Bellevue and Redmond, where Microsoft and Nintendo America are located. Now, that has already broken down, basically collapsed twice. Had to be repaired. Mount Rainier will erupt on several stations, warned about the coming nuclear, biological, chemical terrorism in different cities. New York, Chicago, New Orleans, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Florida, etc. Earthquakes across America. It says to avoid the above, there must be a mighty genuine revival, repentance as in Nineveh, Jonah 3, 5 through 10, or a powerful spirit of intercession must arise that will result in the mercy and grace of God as Abraham interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 18, 23 through 33. Did you hear the conditions? Repentance, intercession. There is hope. If we fail to meet the conditions of God, judgment will fall and the prophecy will come to pass. But if we meet the conditions of God, 2nd Chronicles 7:14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. If we meet the conditions and repent, judgment stops. Because we're in a season of judgment already. It's already begun. The question is how far is it going to go? Are we going to lose our freedom, be ruled by the spirit of the beast, come under tyranny, move into a new world order? Where is America going? I flew to New Orleans three times before Katrina warning of judgment coming upon New Orleans and spoke on television as well as holding five nights of meetings in the YWCA auditorium prophesying judgment on New York City, skyscrapers falling. In other words, warning prior to 9-11. Now, I could go much deeper into America. Look at my website, www.worldministries.org. Again, Dick Simmons. Dick Simmons believes that the Lord has told him that if 500,000 men will pray, will get up and pray, get up at 4 o'clock, and I'll let him give you the time frame. On behalf of the nation, we can turn the nation around and stop abortion. From 1958 through 1960, Dick Simmons prayed with Pat Robertson. In 1961, Dick was on the staff with David Wilkerson and started the first Teen Challenge Center. In 1982, he told Pat Robertson that if 100,000 men would pray between the hours of 4 and 6 a.m., their intercession would turn the nation around and stop abortion. Twenty years later, Pat Robertson asked Simmons if 100,000 men interceding could still turn the nation around and stop abortion. Dick told him no, now it would take 500,000 men as the nation has become progressively more vile. Today, today, there's a need for a half a million men giving their first fruits of the day, sacrificing two hours a day in the morning to stop judgment from coming on this nation, from this nation falling. Remember the prophecy. There must be repentance or a spirit of intercession. Without it, this nation is going to fall. Again, Romans 13, one through 7, the watchman. Scripturally, we're supposed to be salt. If we refuse to be salt, the Bible says, we're talking about the church. You're good for nothing but the dunghill to be trodden under the foot of men. That means you will be ruled by the pagan. Civil government right now is taking away states' rights. They're making laws to come against the church, creating hate crimes. This is the most abortion pro-president in the history of America. He's the most homosexual Agenda, gay rights agenda Same-sex marriage agenda He promotes these vile forms of immorality That brings judgment on a nation Laws are being created like I shared Where we cannot even speak our conscience Hate crimes Ladies and gentlemen, we are in serious trouble today The church is under direct assault By demonic forces and evil men And the responsibility lies right in the heart of the church. Christians that voted evil leaders in the office. Joseph, he refused to bow to Pharaoh. Moses challenged and threatened and rebuked Pharaoh. Elijah corrected and came against King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. John the Baptist publicly rebuked King Herod for his adultery. Daniel refused to obey the civil government and opened his window and prayed. Daniel was part of the government. But when there was a policy against the laws of God, he deliberately violated it. The apostles continued to preach in Jesus' name, violating civil law. And Jesus himself rebuked hypocritical leadership. We have reached this deplorable state in America because the Christians have failed to be salt and light. And consequently, we are being ruled and persecuted by pagans today. Liberal politicians. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in deep trouble in the United States of America. Once again, I have with me Dick Simmons, founder for Men for Nations. Dick, welcome to the program warning. <clears throat> Thank you, doctor. Dick, we're in trouble today. Right. I came to Washington, D.C. with 700 ministers, and we primarily prayed. I did Pray over Kathy McMorris-Rogers and prophesied over her. Um, We can get into that in another program. Exhorting her to rise up as a prophetic voice in the House of Representatives and give direction and correction. But uh, I know our Christian political leaders are discouraged because the spirit of the beast is ramrodding immoral policies through the Senate and House of Representatives. Dick? You have been based now in Washington, D.C., how long? In there 16 years. 16 years. What is your primary purpose for your ministry?
1: Well, I have a pretty clear word from the Lord, uh, and it's concerning the men of the nation. Uh, What's the role of the men, Dick? Basically, the Lord said to me, he said, I'm holding men responsible for what's happened to America, not the women. God is holding men responsible. Why is that? Well, what we've seen in the past, there is a crescendo of prayer. Twenty years ago, it started with Dick Eastman and ministries like with Christ in the School of Prayer, excellent ministry. But everywhere we challenged churches to pray, we ended up with women's meetings. Wow. And the women have prayed. Yes. In fact, there's been a great crescendo of prayer in the, in the 80s. Good. And then uh, Lou Engel came along with fasting and prayer, and emphasizing to the young people. And we've had a, a movement of youth praying. And okay. They, and they've been, been quite effective. In yes, yes. We've seen some remarkable uh, victories as a result of the youth praying. But if we're going to see the nation as a whole turned around, the men have to get out and lead lead the assault, the uh, the offensive. And um, the the, th- the thing is that uh, the question is, how are we going to get a hold of the horns of the altar and really hang on and not let go until God answers with fire? Amen. Um, well, what people don't realize is that uh, uh, in the Old Testament, the emphasis was, of course, on keeping the Sabbath, well, one day out of seven. Yes, yes. Uh, and what we've done, we've given up the Sabbath to go to the football games. And mean, men sit in the churches uh, holding their wife's purse. Right? The women worship the Lord and, and, and pray. enjoy His presence and, and pray. And all they can think about is getting out and getting to the fo- home to watch the football game or, or here in the northwest to enjoy the beautiful outdoors, and and take their their family somewhere. Um, and every time you challenged a, a church for prayer in the past, we, we ended up with a women's meeting. Wow. And uh, and the Lord has just really dealt with me that uh, only the men can lead the offensive. Wow. Now the women are good in provide helping to set up the defense yes and uh, and to keep hold the ground that's taken but the men are the ones that have
0: to take the, the ground you know that makes a lot of sense in the old testament or in any war uh men lead the battle right that's the way it's always been throughout history i know now uh where uh because of our lifestyle and immorality and pride and prejudice and, and uh, how we're twisting the roles because of this immoral uh, th- uh, theology called evolution right. and women's rights and this and that. And now men and women don't know what their roles are even in the home. Right. But uh, men led the battle. Right. God created men with more muscle and their blood is different and the, their emotions are different. The way they think is different. They are supposed to lead in the battle. right now, now the classical
1: passage on prayer is there in First Timothy if you want to turn with me to it first Timothy the second chapter. okay and we all know the, this passage because it's, it's commonly quoted. go ahead, read concerning praying for governments and, and, and praying for nations and, yes and uh, but it starts by uh, Paul says, I urge then first of all yes. First of all, <laughs> yes. Now, prayer is not of all importance, but it, it is of first importance. Good. And he goes on and says that requests, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for everyone. Okay, that's a long prayer list. That's right. Literally, we can take a different continent each day and pray for a nation on each continent. and Literally, go around the world, and we encourage men to adopt a continent, a nation on each of the six continents of the world and uh, to do that but then it says for kings and those in authority that we may live peaceful quiet lives in all godliness and holiness good now the question is are we living peaceful quiet lives in all godliness and holiness right now
0: i think the answer is obvious well then
1: here's the reason why that's right we don't even know the names of our leaders that's right let alone their wives and their children.
0: That's exactly right. And we're right.
1: not holding them up. And people asked me when Bush was in office, uh, how well is Bush doing? Because we went to church with him every Sunday there right next to the Capitol. And uh, I said, well, he's doing as good a job as we're enabling him to do by our prayers. By our prayers. The, these men cannot do the job because they're, they're up against horrendous forces, temptations, and Lobbying groups and interest groups that are trying to pull them this direction and that direction and and scare them off and buy them off and and they just can't stand up against that. Yes. Yes. Unless we really undergird them and surround them and cover them. with Good. Our, our prayer. Good. And they're not going to do any better than we enable them to do. So. So if we don't
0: pray for them. We can't expect them to do their job. And the role of the men again. They have because of their own selfishness have turned it over to the women. Well, they watch baseball, well, football, they, they, basketball, and no, everything the, else. the
1: men really haven't been challenged. I just find the men are really, they come up to me afterwards, they said, why haven't we heard this? This is what our guts tell us, this is what They well, get Gregory right back to the watchman the
0: behind the pulpit. Yes. Why
1: isn't he doing his job? Well, now it goes on here and then it says, this is good and it pleases our God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. For there's one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, that testimony given at the proper time. Well, what people don't realize, he died for all men. He finished his work in yes. giving his life. Yes. But the men in the church and the women are called, we're called to be what? Kings and priests. Yes, yes, yes. And what did the priest do in the Old Testament? He went through the temple doing two things he sprinkled the blood of the sacrifice everywhere and he anointed with oil that's every, right everything that's right Jesus said it's to your advantage that I go away for if I go away I will what I will send the spirit and he will convince the world of sin and of righteousness that's right that's and right. of judgment that's right see the world isn't convinced of sin and of righteousness they don't know the difference between good and evil. That's right. Because the Holy Spirit hasn't been released by the priests. Amen. Amen. So when you and I pray, we release the Holy Spirit.
0: Exactly. But
1: we also then, once they know the difference between good and evil and the judgment that's will come individually and corporately upon the nation, then, then we need a Redeemer. Amen. We need a, a, a solution. And so Jesus says... If I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to disclose the things that are mine. He's going to, he will testify to me and ye also shall be witnesses. In a judicial hearing, the the initial witness is called the primary witness. That's the Holy Spirit. That's Who's right. Who's at the crucifixion? That's right,
0: exactly. But
1: he can't do his work, the Holy Spirit, unless we release him. Yes. As priests. And then when they're convinced of that, then all we have to do is confirm what the Holy Spirit has already said to them because we've released him with our prayers. That's good. You know,
0: Dick, you said the Lord told you 500,000 men, half a million men getting up at 4 a.m. What are the hours they're supposed to pray? Well, first of all, when's first of all? Exactly. Exactly. Uh,
1: Lord just woke me up, literally woke me up at 4 o'clock. And I was praying with a group of men up in British Columbia in, in a prayer room way on the top of a hot, uh, tower in New Westminster. And he woke me up very clearly and uh, at 4 o'clock. And, uh, and later he told me, he says, I want men out of bed at 4, I want them into prayer by 5, and I want them to have two solid hours of prayer in if they want to have a part in turning the nation around wow. and ending abortion. 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Now, what is that? That's two hours. That's a, a tithe of your day. That's exactly right. God doesn't want five minutes somewhere else in the day. He wants a tithe of the day.
0: He wants your first fruits.
1: And and the Lord's Prayer is a tremendous daily prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. It doesn't say give us our weekly bread. Give us our daily bread. And Jesus also said... Will you forget about tomorrow. There's going to be plenty of problems tomorrow. You've got, you've got all the problems today. You've got enough troubles today. It's going to be a full-time job getting through this day to my glory so that my name will be honored in your life and your family, your church, your community. And, and my kingdom's going to come and my will's going to be done in your community. You're going to
0: have to get up early and claim that day. You know, I hear me. people say, well, I can pray any time of the day. Isn't prayer effective any time of the day, Dick? Well, I'm just saying, it's, it's very clearly, give us this
1: day. And and, uh, and it says of first importance. Now, we... we I, I agree with you, the let first me say we have an example of this. In Korea, at the turn of the century, no one could... They, the missionaries that were over there couldn't break into the Oriental culture, the, their mindset. And uh, they've tried. And the missionaries... Uh, we're really stirred by what was happening in Wales the, the Welsh revival where God poured out his spirit tremendously and it literally swept the world and they decided to st- have prayer every afternoon for a couple hours and uh, They prayed for about three months and some of the missionaries said this is taking too much time Can't we pray at our own basis and the others doubled their time and prayed on to, to dinner time and God poured out his spirit and the Lord began to lead them to pray early in the morning and what happened, well, you couldn't get a church of 50 or to 100. They suddenly exploded and went up to 5,000, 10,000 all over Korea. So God wants our first fruits, not when we want to do it. He wants our first fruits. Now, but look at what Korea at that time was a third world country. In fact, it was a it was in desperate straits. In fact, I remember going over there when Young E Cho first started his church. Step, there weren't even lights in the streets. We stepped over mud holes. But what we did early in the morning, we went to the churches and prayed at 4 o'clock every morning. And uh, this was Presbyterians. And uh, everywhere in Korea, it became it finally came to the point where they felt you were backslidden if you didn't get up at 4 o'clock and you weren't at the prayer meetings every morning. We have one minute to go. So... God uh, requires this type of prayer. Now, what has happened in Korea, in South Korea, it's completely turned around. And even China is looking to South Korea to develop their malls, their industries, and everything. God has blessed that nation.
0: We're going to have to go into a... A couple more programs, but
1: what is God's dilemma? What is it, Dick? Well, God's dilemma is basically this: He, he is not going to be a, a continue to allow us to kill off one third of our population. Children are literally being mutilated and suffocated in the sanctuary of their own mother's womb and and, and thrown in the garbage heap. God is not going to allow that. The, the the shedding of innocent blood is a terminal sin of a nation. Now, it. it if we don't stop abortion, abortion will stop us. And God has two options in stopping abortion. One is to heal us and the other is to destroy us. And we'll make up his mind by whether or not we really begin to get a hold of the horns of the alder and not let go until he answers with fire and sends a great awakening and restores our nation.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, tune in again. We're gonna continue with this topic and with Dick Simmons. God's dilemma heal us, forgive us, or destroy us. It's up to you. The beginning is 500,000 men leading in prayer, intercession, not on your time, the first fruits, the tithe. And if we don't understand that and sacrifice, this nation is damned. And then we still must go and make disciples of all nations by preaching, teaching, confronting, and putting the proper godly leadership into offices throughout America.